loving your money. It's not something that we're taught to do, but it is essential. So we all need help in this. So stay tuned as we'll be discussing this in this solo episode, just you and I. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. How is it going? I am pumped that you are here with me today. It is just you and I today. Soy Jen Hemphill. Just in case this is your first time hanging out with me, you probably want to know who is behind this microphone. Today's show, as I mentioned, is a solo episode, just you and me. And we are going to be discussing the topic of loving that money of yours. Is this actually a good thing? And I figured since it's February, the month of love, I just thought it was the perfect time as any to discuss. Loving that money of yours is an important topic to discuss because for many of us, myself included, money can bring an icky feeling and we definitely shouldn't be feeling this way. I'll explain why today in detail, But before we get started, I wanted to make sure that you are aware of the Cafecito Lounge. It's only available on the Himalaya app. There you get office hours with me, bonus episodes, PDFs, and you can try it for free with the code DINERO. The link is in the show notes and at the very end of this episode as well. Okay. Now on to today's show on loving that money. In today's episode, you're going to learn the lifelong partnership with your money that we don't acknowledge, as well as exactly why loving your money is important and the difference between loving your money and loving money and why that matters, as well as I give you three ways to start loving your money now. You ready for this? All right, let's get to it. Now, you may be wondering, well, Jen, can you just go on with other topics and give us more on budgeting, saving more, wealth building, paying off debt? After all, just recently, you covered in the previous episode's belief. And believe me, there is a reason to this madness, if you will. Of course, these other topics of budgeting and saving more money would be helpful to do, but I want you to consider this. When you have belief, which is what we worked on in the previous episodes, and when you are able to love your money, you will be able to save more of that money because one, you're more confident, and two, you're going to enjoy managing money more. Just the sheer fact of having a stronger belief in yourself and being more confident, and having that loving feeling rather that icky and ugh, money gives you that ugh feeling, 
when you have that loving feeling, you're able to do more. Your mind is going to be more clear and excited. And when your mind is clear and excited, guess what? You're going to be able to come up with different ways or maybe have an aha moment on something that you saw, read, or heard that really would work for you. So this is why it's so important. And that is the reason for my madness. Plus, in our Latina culture, if you're listening to this and you are a Latina, typically when we think about money, it's a means to help family. Having a lot of it, in my experience, is not seen as a positive thing. For me, I was taught we had to work hard to earn that dinero and that money was not easy to come by. So for me, it was like working hard to earn it, but yet it's not going to be easy to get it. And the other messages that I receive in my upbringing also taught me, or for me, what it, it may not have been intentional, but the messages that I got taught me that having a lot of money is bad. So for a long time, the term rich, when rich people, someone that has a lot of money, that made me want to hurl. I was that girl that didn't want to be around wealthy people. I would rather be around middle class or even those with very little money. I was more comfortable with that. Even in adulthood, I wasn't really driven to make a lot of money. It was about just being comfortable. That's it. And I know when we were, for example, when we were living in Peru and that we were there because of a military assignment, we happened to be, when we were there, because of what my husband was doing, it automatically we were the stature because in Peru, it's either you're rich or have a lot of money or you don't. Middle class, there's, you know, very, I don't think there's really a middle class. It's one or the other. And so we were like placed and like, oh, you have your, the wealthy class, which this was in our, you know, we had a little baby at that time and we were just starting off in marriage, but it wasn't that way, right? For us, we didn't have a lot of money, but yet we were thrust in that culture. And I didn't feel comfortable. I like it was nice and all, but we had help. We had una empleada and it was a lot, wasn't a lot of money, but I would rather hang out with her and her family or her friends than the social circle that I was put in, right? And that was because of that icky feeling that I had in terms of what rich meant. What I didn't realize for a very long time was that money, whether I liked it or not, is here to stay. And I needed to learn to get along with it better because that was the thing. I didn't realize I wasn't even getting along with it, even though I treated money with respect. Because as you know, if you've been here for a while, you know, I've been, I'm a good saver. I've always been good with money to an extent, right? Except for the money stories and the mindset. And I took care of it and saved it. And I really realized that I needed to love it and better my relationship with money and loving my money was not a bad thing. And I'll get into more into the details into that in a minute. But this really realization of really needing to have a better relationship with my money leads me to my first point. And my first point is that 
we don't acknowledge the necessary lifelong partnership with our money. As I mentioned, money is here to stay and it's necessary for almost every aspect of our life. What we don't realize or acknowledge is that we are in a lifelong partnership with our money. We don't notice this, but this it is, that's what it is. We are in this lifelong partnership with our money. Now, one definition of a partner, when you Google partner and you look up for the dictionary definition, the one that really aligns with our money is it means one associated with another, especially in action. In this case, the action of paying bills, creating the life you want, giving to your favorite causes, traveling, the list goes on. And typically in partnerships, each partner has a role in order to make the partnership work, right? Granted, I know and you know that money is not a human being, but it plays a significant role in your life. So why not commit to making this partnership a loving and beautiful one? Now, the dynamics of partnerships vary. In a dual partnership, it can look like this. In one instance, both partners are the drivers of the relationship. In this case, both partners are ambitious and the way they want to drive the relationship can vary, which can lead to some clashing in some cases and which can also make the relationship challenging. And another partnership is where one partner is the driver of the relationship and the other one is, for lack of a better terms, laid back and just kind of goes with a flow. That other partner is just happy with whatever you want to do, right? In this case, that laid back partner, if you will, is needing the direction. They're wanting you to say, hey, let's do this or let's do this in this way. And they're good with it and they'll roll with it, right? So that's the second type of the dynamics of partnership. So you've got one where both are the drivers and they're both ambitious and that can cause some clashing. The second one is one partner is a driver of the relationship and the other one's quote unquote laid back. And then the third type is where both partners go with the flow. So they're both, for a lack of better terms, laid back. I don't think that's the best terminology, but it's what I could come up with at this time. And this partnership is problematic because if both are laid back, there's little drive, ambition, or if there's drive, there's fear present and a lack of confidence. So it's not to say, I'm not saying if you're finding yourself in this, a partnership, I'm not saying that you have no drive or ambition. It could be, as I mentioned, there's, could be fear present, a lack of confidence. So the long-term relationship with your money, the partnership, or the dynamics are similar and different, okay? So with partnership A that I first talked about, meaning that we're both are the drivers in the relationships, when it comes to your money, it's non-existent because, well, money is non-human, but it is an energy. Money is an energy, which means it's driven by your energy. And I'm going to say it again, money is an energy which is driven by your energy. So if you exert negative, fearful energy, you are going to send that vibe to your money and it just sends it right back. It circles back around. So partnership A, where both other drivers, it's non-existent, right? Partnership B, where one is the driver of the relationship and the other one is quote unquote laid back, 
this is where you want to be because your money is actually just sitting back and waiting for you to give a direction. It's waiting for it to be told what to do. And then partnership C, where both partners go with the flow, both are laid back, quote unquote. This is where we tend to be because we have fears or we have a lack of confidence or we don't know where to start. We're overwhelmed and are just needing a direction ourselves. So you want to be in that partnership B because this is where your money is just sitting back in one direction, but you need to be that driver of that partnership. So your role in this, in this long-term partnership is to provide that guidance, direction, and vision. And then your money's role, which your money will comply seamlessly, is to comply with your guidance, comply with your direction, and comply with your vision. But without that guidance, vision, or direction, your money can't help. This is why it's so important for you to make sure that you're the driver of that relationship. This is my interpretation, right? Of how I see roles in this partnership, this partner's long-term partnership with money, just to make it fulfilling in a loving relationship. Of course, because it is my interpretation, I want you, as I always tell you, when you listen to those podcasts, take what you like and leave the rest. Use your intuition. You have confidence in trusting your gut and taking what makes sense and really is applicable at this time and in your life and just leave the rest or maybe leave the rest for later, right? I still have love for you. I just want to give you hopefully a different perspective. Now that I have driven home the importance of strengthening that relationship with your money, let's discuss why loving your money is important. So does this mean you're being greedy? or money hungry or materialistic because materialistic is something that I struggle with. I didn't want to be that materialistic person. And even today, I always tell my husband and my boys when it comes to my birthday or when it comes to Christmas, I'm not about the gifts. For me, that's materialistic. If they want to give me, okay, because that's maybe something important to them but I'm more about the affection. Give me hugs, show me you love me and I'm good, right? So I guess I've always had that uh, struggle. I don't know if struggle, but the issue with materialism. So it doesn't mean you're being greedy or any of those things. Money is a partner of yours in life. It is a partner that is necessary. It's just a necessary part of our daily life. And we needed to do so many things, pay the bills, build wealth, enjoy life. And honestly, just money is wanting to collaborate with you and just be the best partner for you. Think about it. We talked about partnerships, but in a partnership, we need to communicate and be clear of our needs, right? We need to show our partner also love and appreciation and your money needs that direction. Your money needs all of that. We, they need that communication They need that love and appreciation, and your money also needs that direction. And so that's essentially why loving your money is important. It wants to collaborate with you, but in order to collaborate with you and and be the best partner for you, you need to communicate again. You need to show your money love and appreciation, and you need to provide your money direction. 
The third point. So we talked about already about the necessary lifelong partnership that we don't acknowledge with your money, right? We also talked about why loving your money is important. Now I want to discuss the difference between loving your money and loving money. So loving. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Loving your money to me is not literally loving the dollar bills, but rather loving and appreciating what your money is doing for you. And loving money for me, that equates to loving the dollar bills, right? And being infatuated with having and getting more money. Now notice the difference. In loving your money, it is not about the money, but the end result it brings. The end result money brings. So that could be the travel, that could be paying off debt, that could be building wealth, having an emergency account, uh, being able to pay the bills and have some extra money left. And so that's what loving your money, right? And then loving money is not about any end result. So loving your money is about the end result money brings. Loving money, it's not about any end result. It is more superficial, if you will. And there's a lack of fulfilling meaning. There's, it's, it, it doesn't exist. And there's no two-way street in this case, where in loving your money, you appreciate your money, and it, that energy circles right back around because remember, remember, money is an energy. But when you are loving money and it's more superficial, there's, that's it. You're not appreciating it. There's not loving your money, not giving it love, right? You're just giving the superficial, the actual dollar dollar bills. You just love. There's a difference between loving money, as I mentioned, and just the love of money. So I think loving money for me is the love of money versus loving your money and the end result it brings. So I hope that is helpful. Now, we've talked about those three different points about the long-term relationship we don't acknowledge that we need to have with our money, why loving is important, the difference between loving your money and loving money. Now I want to talk about and just give you three ways because if you're still feeling, okay, I get you, Jen, I totally get you, but I'm still in need, I still need some help. So I'm going to give you three ways to help you love your money and three ways that you can apply right away. Number one, is to express gratitude for what money is doing for you and what it's going to do for you in the near future. This could also mean, this could also just be celebrating your money wins. I talk a ton about that, don't I? So we want to be expressing that gratitude, not just in general, but being very specific for what money is doing for you, like it's paying the bills, for example, right? It might be, you might think, that's just... That's not good enough. (laughs) But hey, being gracious and being grateful that money is getting your bills paid, that's a that's a good thing. But we kind of we also want to think about what it's going to do. So it's not what it's doing, it's not just about what it's doing for us now, 
but it's about what money is going to do for us in the near future. All right. So that's way number one to love your money. Way number two is to give all your money to the penny, a job, a purpose. This job or purpose can be paying bills, saving for emergencies, getting out of debt, putting some money aside so you can splurge. The next vacation, contributing to your favorite cause, the list goes on. Money is meant to be circulated, not hoarded. And even though you may think saving is hoarding, it's not. Because saving, if when you save with a purpose, meaning you say this saving is for emergencies, this saving is for travel, there's a purpose there. It's not hoarding. Okay. And I think where this, where the guilt comes from, besides the money stories and being aware of those money stories, is that, as I mentioned, if it's sitting in a bank account with, if it's not hoarding, okay. But the guilt, I think the guilt comes from, well, it's just sitting in the bank account. (laughs) I'm hoarding it. I'm keeping it. No, but you gave it a purpose. So it's, again, it's not, it's not hoarding. When money has a purpose, it's not hoarding. So let's get that clear and very clear. And just please, please remember that. So how do you give your money a job? It's through, do you want to know what? Your budget, your money plan, your spending plan. And you can do this now by setting some time aside to spend with your money like a date, if you will. See how lovey-dovey that is, right? So that's our way number two to love your money is to give your money to the penny a job, a purpose. Number three is to organize your wallet. Is your wallet cluttered? Does it have a bunch of receipts and it's just kind of, you can't even close it? Do you find yourself that way? If your wallet is looking like chaos. It may be reflecting your current life. Let's get real. By and I'm guilty of this. I'm not ta- I'm not talking to you to I'm not just preaching to the choir. I am talking to you because I have to have this reminder from time to time. So by organizing your wallet, I don't mean just to clear out the receipts and be done and boom, I cleared out my wallet. No. <laughs> by having it clear of clutter, that's yeah, it's important for sure. But I want you to get creative on using your wallet in a way that works for you. Your wallet is a representation of your money. It's not the full representation. And if you, what if you have a love note of inspiration or your favorite quote, or maybe if you are an impulse spender and you have a note sticking on the slot where your card is, right? As a reminder of things to think about. Before you take out that card and before you do that impulse spending. So think about different ways. So these are just some little tips. You can be as creative as you want. There's no wrong way of doing this. But think about your wallet like a room. When you walk into a room that you like to hang out in, what does that look like for you? I mean, maybe it means buying a new wallet that really is. I don't know, prettier or that just really captures your attention or maybe it has more pockets. I don't know what that is, but just make sure, again, to keep it clear of clutter of your receipts, right? Take out the receipts that you don't need. Be creative and use it in a way that works for you, what that means a little, creating a card, printing out a business size card, 
to stick in there just with a, your favorite quote, something related to that will help you and propel you forward in your financial life. And again, it could be also a little note reminder like of your why, especially if you're about to do an impulse a purchase, what is your why? What what is, you know, if you don't do that impulse purchase or if you do go ahead and do that impulse purchase, what are you slowing down in your financial journey? So things of that sort. And I'm sure you can come up with different ways and I would absolutely love to know what you come up with. So those are some three ways that you can implement right now to love your money. All right. Let me know what you thought of those ways. And if you have some other ways, I would absolutely love to hear them. You can send me a message. You can tag me on Instagram, What, however way, shape or form you want to get in touch with me. I am available and I am eager to hear from you. So as a recap, we talked about the lifelong partnership with your money that we don't acknowledge. So remember, we talked the different roles and partnerships and what roles you have, uh, what role your money has. We also talked about why loving money, your money is important, and as well as the difference between loving your money and loving money and why it matters. And I also gave you three ways to start loving your money right now, three ways that you can start implementing right now. So that is the end of what I have for you, but we're not finished. I want to recognize the Reina of the Week, and this week it goes to Crystal. Crystal shared on our Reina Win thread on Instagram. (laughs) She shared that uh, she was able to pay $1,200 worth of car repairs in cash. Can you imagine? That's, That's amazing. That is amazing. I love that because you don't want to be paying that on your credit card and then paying interest on top of that. You always want to make sure when possible, you may not be able to do it now, but think about how can you get to a point where you're putting some money away every month to a car maintenance fund. So that way when car maintenance is, it's going to arrive at some point, right? You're going to have to do it at some point. So it's better to be prepared. So I love that she's prepared and she was able to pay her car repairs $1,200 of that in cash. So that's fantastic. Now we talked about something that maybe you weren't comfortable with, or maybe that hmm, it made a difference, but you're like, "Ah, I'm not there yet. (laughs) And I get it. Becoming a better partner with your money is a process and it's not instant. And sometimes when we get in a funk, which we can to do, Hey, it's life. The furthest thing from our mind is thinking about loving your money and become a better partner. Like that's the furthest. The first thing in your mind might be, can I just eat some ice cream? Let me go <laughs> to eat some ice cream instead because that you feel like maybe that'll uh, make you feel better when you're in a funk. So for these times, I created something for you to get you out of that funk, to get you excited, to get your mind shifted in a different place. And it's not something that you're probably expecting on a podcast about money, but here it is. I have created for you a music playlist on Spotify. Now, here's the deal. When I'm in a funk, when you combine music and dancing, it helps so much. It's an instant boost, an instant like happy feeling. It's kind of like what you, when you in the sun and you're feeling good instantly this way. If when you listen to this music, 
it gets you back to working on strengthening your relationship with relationship with your money and loving your dinero more. Now I have links for you in today's show notes on where to find the playlist on Spotify. You should be able to search. This playlist is called Her Dinero Matters, hashtag love your dinero playlist. And so you may be able to do that, but I also have the links one to the website, Spotify website, and one where you click on it, that it takes you directly to the app. Now, side note, with this music, I love music and dancing. I am rarely about the the message of the song. I just love the beat and that that's what gets me dancing and I hardly ever listen to the words. So having said that, the songs that I chose, I didn't choose them because of the message that the, the song portrayed. I didn't choose them for that. I chose them for the upbeat, the beautiful, uh, the, the, just the music, the beauty of the music. That's it. So you may hear some vulgar language, sexual innuendos, that type of thing. So don't listen to this playlist for the messages in the verbal messages and the music for the words, but rather for how the music, the music, not the words of the music or the singing, how that makes you feel, that it uplifts you and puts you in a better spot when you're in the funk. So I wanted to say that because when you listen to that, you're like, Jen, there's some vulgarity, and especially if you're not into that, and you hardly ever hear me curse, and I don't tend to, but granted, you <laughs> get upset, it, it, it's on. So I'm, I'm not a saint with that by any means, but I just wanted to make sure that, hey, there are some of the songs will have vulgarity, some of the songs will have sexual innu- innuendo, so just this is not about that, just ignore that. Listen to it from the perspective of the music beat and get dancing and be happy and get yourself out of the funk because that'll help you to get in a better mind frame to love your money. So I hope that you enjoy that playlist. Let me know. It is a mix of music that I like. So it's from uh, salsa, some Latino music to some R&B, those type of things. That's that's what I like and enjoy. And I wanted to pass it on to you. So let me know your thoughts on this because I thought this was a little different. Next week, we will meet Sarah Macias, whose money story involved hearing a lot about the medical bills growing up as her mother was dealing with cancer and was a cancer patient. But that was all that was talked about. It was the bills. And Sarah found herself confused, especially when her mom lost a job. You'll hear more about the impact this made on Sarah and what happened. So stay tuned for that next week. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and for choosing this podcast to listen to today. Make sure you to check out the show notes at jenhempill.com forward slash 204 to refer to what you need to uh, know from the show and the links that I provided. Remember to claim your reina crown, tu corona. You don't have to wait. The choice is in your hands. You hear me? The choice is in your hands. The choice is up to you. So becoming the reina of your money can start now. You've got this. Tu puedes. 
Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Chao. I love it. You are still here. Chances are you are loving the podcast. So I've got a really cool option for you. Join us on the Himalaya app where you can not only subscribe, but join the Cafecito Lounge. In the Cafecito Lounge, I help you take your weekly experience on the podcast a level deeper by providing you a space to chat, ask questions, take action, and go deeper on your own financial journey for only $7.99 a month. For more details, go to Himalaya.com forward slash dinero, that's with a capital D, and I will see you in the Cafecito Lounge, only available on Himalaya.